Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Your business may be small, but you've got big goals. Brother Laser Printers can help you succeed, no matter the space, task, or budget. From crisp black and white to vivid full color, our printers offer affordable quality you can trust. Plus, fast printing and high page yields make them ideal for home offices and shared workspaces. It's no wonder Brother is the number one retail brand in laser printer unit sales in the U.S. With Brother at your side, go from small to do it all. Shop now at brother-usa.com slash laser. Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox wake-up call for May 23rd, 2018. The White Sox turned the tables on the Orioles on Tuesday night by turning around their performance with runners in scoring position just in time. They scored all their runs in the 8th inning to beat Baltimore 3-2. They entered the 8th, trailing 2-0 because they were 0-9 with runners in scoring position through 7 innings, and outside of a Daniel Polka lineout, most of the at-bats weren't even competitive. That changed. Michael Givens recorded the last two outs of the 7th inning, and Buck Showalter wanted to try to get another inning out of him, even though he threw two innings and 28 pitches against the Sox the night before. Maybe it was fatigue, or maybe hitters had a better look at him, but the Sox finally, finally strung together good plate approaches. Or maybe you can blame it on Mark Trumbo for being a bad outfielder. He dropped Daniel Palka's drive to the right field corner to start the inning. Bob Rosenberg gave Palka a triple because Trumbo was running on a dead sprint, but the ball clinked off the heel of his glove and not the tip. Either way, the Sox had the dreaded runner in scoring position, but Wellington Castillo wasn't phased. Beef Jelly came through with a single over the second baseman to make it a 2-1 game. Even though Larry Garcia followed up with a strikeout, the Sox somehow weren't done. Jose Rondon singled Castillo to third, but that brought Adam Engel to the plate. The game has a way of finding Engel these days, and he was 0-3 with 4 stranded over the first 7 innings. Rick Renteria naturally called for Engel to bunt, which, unlike Gilmer Sanchez on Monday, was not a bad idea, but Engel pushed one bunt foul and popped back another to fall behind 0-2. But Engel laid off three of them, fouled back one, and then watched another sail out of the zone to draw his second late-inning walk in as many games. Showalter pulled Givens for lefty Richard Blyer in order to turn around Yohan Makata and Sanchez, but this time, Renteria let his hitter swing away, and they validated the strategy. Mancata lifted a fly ball to deepish right field that tied the game and also moved Jose Rondon to third, and then Sanchez shot a single to right to give the Sox a 3-2 lead. 
Nate Jones made the ninth inning interesting as he walked the leadoff man and allowed a one-out single, then fell behind Jace Peterson 3-0. Peterson made Jones throw two strikes, and then Jones threw a third to get a soft line up to center. After that, Jones found the release point on his slider, getting Chance Sisko to swing over three of them to end the game. Bruce Rondon picked up the win for a scoreless eighth inning, during which he struck out Manny Machado with a runner on second and one out. Between pitching to Machado, leaving Palka in while trailing, and swinging away with the tying run on third, Tuesday's game proved Rick Renteria's Monday strategy wrong in three different ways. James Shields deserved better than a no decision, as he threw seven strong innings. He had problems in the second, as the Orioles alternated two of their hits and both of their walks to take a 2-0 lead. Shields wasn't really threatened afterward, and he ended up completing seven innings on 107 pitches. Kevin Gosman outpitched Shields, though, scattering nine hits and a walk over six and one-thirds innings, mainly because he struck out ten. At times, Gosman looked untouchable, working with a high 90s fastball, a sharp splitter, and excellent command of both. But Gosman doesn't deserve all the credit because the White Sox also had some atrocious approaches when it counted. Still, all's well that ends well, and the Sox have already locked in a 500 homestand with two games to go in the Baltimore series. Dylan Covey takes the mound tonight in his first chance at replacing Carson Fulmer, going up against Alex Cobb. Covey has already started one game for the Sox this season. He took the loss in a doubleheader earlier as the 26th man, but he at least served a purpose by pitching six innings during a long day for the pitching staff. For what it's worth, he's pitched well in Charlotte, going 3-1 with a 2.33 ERA and 35 strikeouts over 38 and two-thirds innings. Cobb, who signed late in the spring after the qualifying offer killed his market, looked thrown off by the late start to his season in April, but his performance has stabilized somewhat in May. He's averaged six innings to start with a 3.38 ERA, although he's been a little lucky in May, as opponents are hitting 3.02 this month and slugging 5.63 against him. Only two of Cobb's 122 career starts have come against the White Sox, but they've smacked him around both times, and perhaps the ball will carry a little longer with temperatures getting back into the 60s today. Tonight's game is on NBC Sports Chicago Plus, and first pitch is at 7.10 p.m. Central. Down in the minors, good news. Alec Hansen was finally spotted in action on Tuesday. The latest development in his comeback from a forearm issue was an extended spring training start in Arizona. Both Fangraphs and Baseball America had writers on hand watching him, and they reported that his fastball is only 92-95 and his secondary pitches were rusty, but he threw strikes. At this stage, it's more important that he can pitch regularly. Going through the box scores, Charlotte lost to Norfolk 9-3. Charlie Tilson picked up two hits, raising his May average to an empty 254. Winston-Salem lost to Bowie's Creek 12-4, but at least Gavin Sheets came through with his first homer of the season. This year, the first baseman has shown a good batting eye, but none of the power that made him a second-round pick. Blake Rutherford went 1-3 for three the double, walk, and strikeout, and Luis Alexander Basabe was 0-2 with two walks and a K. Jimmy Lambert struck out eight without a walk over six innings, but gave up five runs on eight hits. Kannapolis topped Greensboro 9-3 behind six strong innings from 17th-round pick Blake Battenfield, who was 4-1 with a 1.77 ERA this season. Tate Blackman and Anthony Villa both homered, and Blackman and Carlos Perez each had three hits apiece. The Birmingham Barons were idle, and they returned to action tonight against Jacksonville. Around the league, the Indians climbed back to 500 by stomping the Cubs 10-1. Tyler Chatwood continues having massive control problems as he walked six batters over two and two-thirds innings. The Twins kept Cleveland honest and gained separation on the Tigers with a 6-0 victory over Detroit. They're now a game behind the Indians and three up on the Tigers, who have lost five straight. Cole Hamels, who missed the White Sox series with neck stiffness, came back to cool off the Yankees in Texas' 6-4 victory. The Red Sox now lead the AL East by a half game after beating Tampa Bay 4-2, 
Mookie Betts hit his MLB-leading 16th homer, and Chris Sale picked up his fifth victory and lowered his ERA to 217 with seven and two-thirds strong innings. That'll do it for this morning's White Sox wake-up call. Visit SoxMachine.com for discussion about Tuesday's games and for Josh's profile of likely top five draft pick Joey Bart. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SoxMachine, where you can see a ton of different gifs of Yolmer Sanchez dumping Gatorade on himself during Wellington Castillo's postgame interview. And if you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to it on iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Play Music Stores. And if you're feeling generous, you can help support everything Sox Machine via Patreon at patreon.com slash SoxMachine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X-Fi gateway. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.